Here's what's coming up on today's show. Uh, If there's plenty of retirement assets and the house is paid off, you might be able to get away with not having any life insurance. But when it comes to if you don't have enough retirement assets, that life insurance will pick up that gap that is lost. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome into the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Mike Coynan over at Principal Preservation Services. I got their offices there in Woodbury, Minnesota, and Hudson, Wisconsin. And today, Mike, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Going to make you pick sides uh, on these <laughs> financial debates, uh, some very okay. popular debates. But I kind of I want to see where you land on each one of these. Sounds good. Is it kind of like the you got the angel and the devil on each shoulders <laughs> kind of thing? Maybe it could be like that. I guess, I mean, okay. everything could work for somebody, right? So there's good and bad for both. But we want to kind of get your perspective on all these different uh, discussions and debates that people have about their money and their retirement planning. So we'll do that today on the show. Everything else good in the office? Everything's awesome. Yeah, we're... Uh, we're busy as usual. We uh, I just we never have downtime. It seems like we're just <laughs> with something going on and seminars and we got some tax seminars coming up in August and yeah, life is good. We've just keep growing, keep growing. We're having our actually we're having our best year in the industry we've ever had. So that's great. It's a good year, even though the markets have been a little hairy. We've had a phenomenal year uh, in this industry. I'm glad to hear it. And if you want to learn more or, or get access to seminars, classes, everything that uh, Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services offer, you can go to principalpreservationservices.com. You can also call Mike if you have questions about what we discussed today or anything on your mind about your financial plan. You can do so at 855-987-8888. All right. So I'm going to kind of give you the, the debate, Mike, kind of give you the, the sentence and, uh, and let you tell me which side you land on. So we'll, we'll start off with this one. You should always pay off your house as soon as you can. Well, uh, sometimes. I mean, I, I agree with being debt-free, so I'm, I'm leaning more on, yes, I agree. But there are some reasons why you shouldn't rush to pay up the house If you know, because if you don't have the money to do it, you can't afford it, and you're affecting your retirement. So I see people come in here, and they're, they're making double, sometimes triple payments, but then what they've done is they cut back on contributing to their IRAs or 401ks. So you don't want to do it at uh, you know, the detriment of your retirement, right? So I always say you should be saving um, you know, at the same time as you're working on other things, you're budgeting, which is including your house. So, and I have these discussions all the time too, Ben, where you know, people said, I, I am down to 20 grand, I'm down to 30 grand, I just want to pay off my mortgage and be done with it. And I show them what the tax implication of that is. Mm-hmm. And it does not make sense. I said, look at you're at a what, two and a half percent interest rate. I said, why does it make sense at the end of your mortgage, which is mostly principal anyways, to pay all this money in taxes up front to pay off the house? I understand you just want to get rid of it. But if it's coming on your IRAs, 401ks, any taxable event, you shouldn't do it. If you have plenty of money in cash, that makes sense because the banks aren't doing anything right now. They're not paying you anything. So if it's coming from cash, you know, maybe you received an inheritance or you just have a bunch of cash in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Get rid of that that mortgage, but not taking money from your retirement accounts or even preventing you to to invest in retirement accounts. Yeah. So that's something you're considering. Always sit down with your advisor, see if it makes sense uh, long term to do that. All right. Uh, yeah. There's some talk about bonds right now uh, in the market, Mike. So what about this one? Individual bonds are better than bond funds? Not always. Uh, so, um, 
you know, right now bonds are struggling if you've picked up the news right now. So you kind of look at bond funds as a, you know, like, you know, mutual funds, mixture of different bonds. They're more expensive. Um, then you get to bond ETFs, which is diversified as like bond funds. They're cheaper. Uh, but yet, again, it's uh, they're struggling this year as well. You look at the uh, the iShares U.S. bond index right now for the year. I mean, this is as of June 2022. Uh, year to date, they're down just shy of 10 percent, 9.78 percent. From last August, they're down over 12 percent. So, you know, bonds right now, whether you look at bond funds, individual bonds or index, you know, you know, bond indexes, they're all struggling right now this year. And you might want to look at some alternatives to bonds <laughs> anyways. So I, there's really no clear answer on bonds. I've been warning, you know, we've been warning as a company or principal wealth uh, how bonds are not probably going to be the long term answer when rates start increasing like we're seeing this year. OK. All right, life insurance. Let's talk life insurance here for a yeah. minute. Um, the the thing comes up, uh, the discussion comes up quite a bit once you reach retirement, whether or not life insurance is needed. So the, the, the statement I got for you here is nobody needs life insurance once they've retired. That's not true. I think there's a lot of people that can benefit from having life insurance. You also got to remember if one of you pass, you know, you lose the higher the, you know, the, sorry, the lower the social security but also if there's a pension, they could be lost or half of that money could be lost for those people who have pensions, which is getting to be less and less today. So how are you gonna make up that difference of income if there's not enough retirement assets? Yeah, if there's plenty of retirement assets and the house is paid off, you might be able to get away with not having any life insurance. But when it comes to, if you don't have enough retirement assets, that life insurance will pick up that gap that is lost. And remember, life insurance is paid out tax-free, so you don't have to claim that as income. All right. It's good to know. And again, if you're thinking about life insurance, always sit with your advisor and and go through whether or not it makes sense for you. Um, All right. uh, We talked about advisors on our last podcast and and Red Flag, Mm -hmm. so go back and check that out if you're looking for an advisor. But uh, what about this statement? It's better to have a fee-based advisor instead of a commission-based broker. I 100% agree with that statement. Uh, Fee-based, we have an incentive to be more actively involved because the better you do, the better they, you know a fee-based advisor will do as opposed to um, did you really earn <laughs> the money you made by earning a commission up front, you know, and uh, that's why we're not a fan of that, of, you know, these, you know, these commission-based advisors sells, you know, a big commission up front or a, a variable annuity or these expensive mutual funds where they get a big commission and these trailers to boot. So, um, I, I like the incentive base that people, the advisors have an actively um, invested interest in you to do better, so they do better. Yeah, always good to keep in mind. All right, annuities. Uh, this this it can be a very polarizing subject when you talk about it yeah. in this financial world. But uh, what do you think about this? Annuities are a ripoff. Not all. I don't agree with that. Um, there's some good annuities out there. There's obviously some some bad annuities out there. If you if you pick up a Susie Orman's book, The Road to Wealth, Susie Orman, I think it's page five ten or five eleven on the book, <laughs> The Road to Wealth, and she it's, it states in there question answer Susie, my financial advisor is recommending that I buy a variable annuity within my retirement account. You know, as Susie says, find a new advisor pronto. So we're not fans of those over here, but. There are some big benefits right now to an index annuity that have no fees, that are accumulation-based. There's even an article that came out by BlackRock last fall that recommends uh, retirees should look at accumulation index annuities for part of their retirement plan. Uh, They're going to be in a better situation than bonds because they can't lose like bonds can lose like this year. 
Uh, and there's also some benefits to it, like a, a fixed annuity. Um, we've helped more and more people this year with fixed annuities than ever because they're really like a CD repl- replacement. You just get a fixed interest account uh, for a period of time. Um, when you look at what's the CD paying at a bank right now, like 0.6 to 1%, you know, so half a percent to one is kind of pathetic where you can get a, a fixed annuity for about you know two and a half times that so or three times that so uh they pay higher rates than they than the banks are paying so they're not all bad we're just be very aware about what you're getting and there's a lot of people come to my office and say i have uh, a safe annuity and then turns out it's a variable annuity and it's been losing money and they didn't know the fees they didn't know the details how they work so the key is before you jump on any annuity you want to make sure it's the right fit for you you've read that book a time or two huh Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. (laughs) Down to the page number. I love it. All right. uh, Let's talk taxes here. Um, In retirement, you'll be lower in a lower tax bracket. So it's best to defer taxes now and then pay them later. Sometimes. Uh, There's no right or wrong answer on this one. It all depends on what your personal tax bracket situation is. Uh, Some people need to get that tax deduction because they're at such a high tax bracket. And reality is in retirement, they, they won't be at a lower tax bracket or they need to uh, lower that tax bracket you know um, significantly to do even any sort of Roth so the key is you have to just understand your your brackets and work with an advisor who understands what bracket you're at today and what you look like and project to be at in the future so you can make those right decisions do you do uh, traditional 401k contributions and IRA contributions or do you do Roth because you want to make sure you're you're doing the right contributions into the right type of accounts that are going to benefit you long term. All right. Back to uh, debt here for a minute. You should never use credit cards. I don't agree with that. I I believe in using credit cards. I just think you have to have a mind shift that it is a convenience to use credit cards. It's not a loan. It's, you don't use them because you don't have money. You use them because you have money, <laughs> and you you purchase them to get money back, and it's convenience. And so you can keep track of your receipts because everything's on the statement. I think that makes it better. Now, you go to the past when you're young and you're um, not very wise like I was years ago, and I built up a lot of credit card debt when I was young, And but you had to learn from that. And so now we charge everything on a credit card, anything I can even my bills if I can, but I pay, I go, I log into my accounts and we have certain cards we use for certain things. And I log in, you know, probably uh, a couple times a month to pay off these cards. I don't wait to get the bill. I like to pay them off before the bill because I don't know when they're reported to the credit bureaus and I want to have a good credit score. So again, it's for convenience is what credit cards should be used for, not for because you don't have money and you're going to buy time. And then you end up paying all these, this interest on these credit cards, which is a waste of your money. Would you ever tell somebody that uh, is not responsible with their payments uh, to never use credit cards if you knew I they would, could, were having trouble with it? Yeah, I would tell people, I says, lock your credit cards. Don't close the accounts. I says, lock your credit cards somewhere up. Don't use them. You need to pay off these debts uh, before you, you know, and get, get into a habit, a, a healthy habit about you know, using these someday. But you know, if people pay them down and, they, and then they max them out again and it takes them years to catch up and pay those down. So I would recommend them just lock them up. Don't close the cards. The problem is when you close your credit cards, now your, your debt to uh, your debt ratio is too high. <laughs> the, you know, the, the, uh, the debt to credit card balance is too high and your, your scores are going to be lowered and affected. So you also, you know, even if you have cards that you don't use and you have maybe a card that's maxed out, the key is 
you want to not close out the available balances, um, you just lock them up. Don't use your credit cards until you, you can get into a healthy place and get those things paid off. All right, a couple more for you. I know people are thinking about where to be investing their money right now. Uh, is it better to buy mutual funds or ETFs instead of individual stocks? Yeah, you know, mutual funds aren't for everybody. Um, as people are becoming more educated about investment types, uh, mutual funds are the most expensive of the three. Um, so that's one thing about mutual funds. There's some downfalls. You you get some diversification with mutual funds. The problem is um, they don't they don't uh, transact immediately. Usually end of business day. So if you want to get in and out, uh, things are a little slower with mutual funds or exchange traded funds. ETFs have that same diversification that you get through mutual funds, except they're super cheap um, and they trade as fast as stocks. And then you get to stocks. You know, they're obviously cheap because there's no cost for the stocks. It's just the um, the risk that you take on. You, you put all your money into one stock. I mean, look at Tesla, for example. I think that's a good stock. But look at where it was, I think, beginning of April. It was 1200 or something like that a share. And it's down to 700 something. It's down like 40%. So good company. But look at how fast it can drop. Because you're not diversified, you're going to feel the pain. Um, when you're heavily invested in one company. So there's no right or wrong answer with that is you have to be investing in based off how your risk tolerance um, kind of directs you that way. All right, got one last one for you here, picking sides on these important financial debates. Last one is you should start your social security as early as possible to ensure that you get your money out of the system. No, <laughs> I'm not a fan. If that's your, if that's the reason why you're you're filing, because you're afraid it's going to run out of money, you're making it for the wrong decisions. You have to look at uh, the financial reports, and they have enough money to fund it for you know for the next um, was it 13 years, you know, as is, you know, 12 and a half years as is. So um, don't make your decision off that. There's going to be changes made to Social Security. Don't make your decision decisions off of fear. Make your decisions based off of your retirement plan. And there are people, we tell people, to want maybe one of the spouses to file early at 62. Uh, but then we're usually not giving that to both <laughs> husband and wife. We're giving it just to uh, maybe one of them. It's rare in, in occasions as a single we would recommend filing at 62. But uh, the key is you want to find out what's the best date for your plan. Don't make it out of fear. All right, there you go. So that's uh, Mike's stand on these important financial debates. But again, every situation is going to be different for people. So you always want to sit down with your advisor, make sure you're making the decision that's right for you, that provides you the, with the best outcome possible for your financial future as well. If you want to get in touch with Mike, best way to do so is online at principalpreservationservices.com. There you'll find the phone number, which is 855-987-8888 in case you forget to write it down. But you can also just click a button and schedule your complimentary retirement review now from the website as well. Plus, we put up all of our podcasts along with a lot of other great resources, including Mike's uh, YouTube channel now, Retirement Reality On Demand, which has a lot of great little small short videos that just provide you a lot of good information along the way as well. All right, Mike, we will close it out on that note. I appreciate your time as always, and uh, thanks for weighing in on these debates. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Great job and good catching up. Have a good month of June. Yeah, you as well. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reality Podcast. Please hit subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.